you name the boat, by the way? So we've been coming up with different names, but we keep giving our, our boat like actual human names. Like, we'll take a ride on Steve. Welcome, welcome, welcome to After the Bell. I am still Corey Graves, and I am happy to be one half of your tour guide system as we approach our journey south of heaven this coming Sunday. Hell in a Cell premium live event, of course, to help cover all the bases. He is the voice of NXT 2.0. He is the jewels to my Vince. Mm. That was a Pulp Fiction reference for those who may not have gotten that one. Mr. Vic Joseph. Vic, what's the word, my friend? I'm looking right now at the screen because obviously we've told people that we do this via virtual world. You are very festive today, as we talked about. You're back in your honeymoon phase, it seems. Yeah, I wouldn't say that it's full-blown honeymoon phase because I like to think that uh, the the Maui mentality has never left. I I, I feel like I'm a slightly changed man. I am representing the uh, the Great Islands with my lovely Aloha hat that I procured in the gift shop of the resort in which we stayed. Uh, I don't I don't get the beach vibes. I mean, it is nice here in Pittsburgh, but I am down in my basement in my lair to make sure that we bring you all of the necessary information regarding all things WWE. Well, you're looking very refreshed, but before we get into the meat of today, I'm somewhat well caffeinated. I'm a little better caffeinated this morning than I generally blowing. am when I sit down for ATB. I have a nice iced coffee mm. this morning. We didn't make our own coffee, which is usually the the protocol. Uh, I came down the stairs and had a nice iced coffee waiting for me. And, That's a nice um, little surprise, huh? I'm, I'm feeling really good right now, Vic. Let's not let's not harsh my mellow, man. This episode is brought to you by Hotels.com. I was traveling internationally last year. I was in Mallorca. I didn't know the island well. I said, let me head to the north, head towards the water. Let me go on Hotels.com and see what they have available. Something preferably on the beach, maybe even a gym. Not only did I get those things, There was a kid's session with exercise, gymnastics in the water, pony rides, a train. It had everything, and I didn't even want any of those things. But at least I knew they were there, just in case I changed my mind. And now finding the perfect hotel has never been easier, thanks to the Hotels.com app. Whether you're looking for a family-friendly, right, all-inclusive or a relaxing spa weekend, you can find exactly what you need and compare hotel prices, ratings, and amenities side-by-side. So start planning your next getaway and find your perfect somewhere in the Hotels.com app. This episode is brought to you by Atlassian. Atlassian software like Jira, Confluence, and Trello help power global collaboration for all teams so they can accomplish everything that's impossible alone. Because individually, we're great, but together, we're so much better. Learn how to unleash the potential of your team at Atlassian.com. A-T-L-A-S-S-I-A-N.com. Atlassian. Tap the banner or visit this episode's page to learn more. But I do want to bring up something that happened to me, which made me feel like you, over the past week, caught some flack on social media. Oh, what did you do now? I grilled lettuce. You caught flack for that? People didn't get it. Well, listen, Vic. Now I need you to help me here because you are the originator, to me at least, of grilling romaine lettuce. You can grill anything. You really I mean, can. That's, that's really you, you, this, what I stand by, and I, I try to test out those theories on any given opportunity. I've grilled peaches. You've experienced Whoa. my grilled pizza. Never heard of the grilled peaches. How does that one work? 
Oh, it's it's quite a quite a delight, Vic. But the grilled the lettuce that beach. is absolutely a thing. That is absolutely a thing, and I uh, I encourage anyone who has not tried it to give it a shot. It's not just like warm salad. It's it puts a nice little crisp on it. It's it, it absolutely is. And I did a red wine vinaigrette as the not the balsamic. I think you used balsamic when we did it. I'm a balsamic guy. Yeah, you're a balsamic guy, but. I couldn't believe. Why are you grilling lettuce? Who grills lettuce? That's weird. Can't get behind that. What are you doing? Like, holy. Don't knock it till you try it, y'all. Just try it. It doesn't take long either. No. It's a little 10 Almost minute a process. Flash grill. Yeah. Yeah. I'm just, telling you, it will change your life, folks. A little color on the lettuce. I like it. I like it. Vic, before we get to Hell in a Cell this coming Sunday, streaming live, WWE on Peacock, uh, you and the crew down south have a little business of your own, no? We do, and look, this is one of my favorite events of the year because as a child, which I'm still an adult child, I loved In Your House. In Your House, every month, that's really when WWE started to do those monthly pay-per-views. At the first event, they gave away a house. I thought it was cool. It's always my childhood to be part of it, and I said it last year, something that's really special for me. NXT In Your House, this Saturday, it's one of those events that, People sleep on sometimes. I think, though, the June of no, you do not want to sleep on in your house because it brings back all the nostalgia, all the love of the 90s. And you yourself actually texted me during NXT this week about one segment in particular that will have a huge six man tag team match with huge ramifications tomorrow. I was extremely impressed watching NXT. I sat down on my couch. I try to get eyes on it each and every week, but schedule permitting, you know, obviously I got to go back and play catch up from time to time, but I was able to sit down on my couch for a little bit. And the segment where Santos Escobar and Tony D'Angelo had their meeting on the boat was magic to me. I sat down and now granted, these are two characters that are a little bit more developed than most in NXT, but seeing them interact gave a whole new layer to both superstars. The setting, the fact that it wasn't in a ring, it wasn't a, a dimly lit backstage or in a locker room, which are all of the, the sports entertainment tropes we tend to get from time to time. And it's out of necessity. We're in a different city every week. So when you're doing Monday Night Raw, you don't often have time to set up at a diner or find a boat to go shoot this, this piece of business. I enjoyed it so much. I'm a big fan of Santos Escobar and what he brings to the table. I think on a long enough timeline, Escobar is going to be a major player. And D'Angelo, we, we talk about the guys only had, what, 25, 30 matches in his Less career? Less than 30 matches, man, yeah, since October. And I love this iteration, NXT 2.0, getting to watch these characters evolve and adapt. And like we talked about last week, there's no championship in this picture. There are stakes where the losing team has to join the other's family. Simple. There are stakes on a matchup, but you've got two characters that the, the WWE universe is learning what they're about and who they truly are and what makes them tick. And it just completed the package to have it take place on the boat. I, I got the, when it, I'm going to be perfectly honest with you. When the segment began, I looked across the couch at my wife and kind of gave her the wide eyes like, Ooh, this is going to be interesting. And it got done. And I looked back at her and I said, that was kind of awesome. And she agreed. She said, I, it's, it's unlike anything we've done. It was fresh. It, it made you see these superstars, to, in my opinion, in a different light. They seemed like stars. And the, my biggest issue with our business as a whole is reality only seems to move forward between the designated hours that the show is happening. What do these superstars do when they're not competing in the ring? Like, did The Undertaker just spend 23 hours a day in a casket? You don't know. 
obviously he made it from city to city, but like, so where, of course, Santos Escobar, when he's not competing in the ring should be somewhere luxurious, like a beautiful boat on the water. And that's exactly what Tony D'Angelo who's tied in would want to go. That's where he would want to go to have this secret meeting. I mean, let's pay no attention to the fact that there are cameras filming everything. Obviously we're telling stories here. I just loved everything about it. It was, it was new, but it was also a nod to the past. It seemed it was sort of a throwback into the maybe mid nineties WWE where you, know, you see Razor Ramon walking through a public market where it's it, putting a character in a setting really enhances the character. In my opinion, would you agree? I do agree. I also want to ask you this because you kept bringing up not only the setting, but the stakes, the stakes of this match. Yes, it is not for a championship, but it's so simple and it's something that is so simple, but yet we don't see each and every week on Raw, on SmackDown, on NXT. It's another throwback, at least to me when I when I found out. And to me, both of these, or, uh, this situation, they're both sort of shades of gray. This isn't straight up good guy, bad guy, right moral, wrong moral. Like this is, it's about power. It's just, a, it's refreshing to me because just because you're a, good guy doesn't mean you are friends with all the good guys. Just because you're a bad guy doesn't mean you get along with all the other bad guys. It's not the league of supervillains. It's about power. It's about positioning. And to the point about this not being for a championship. Now I have to get invested in Santos Escobar or Tony D'Angelo as an on-screen persona. It's not just, Oh, this matches for the NXT championship. Of course it's important. It's like, wait a minute, there, there are stakes to this. And I just, hats off to everybody involved. I'm genuinely curious as to what's going to go down this Saturday at In Your House. And I'm really enjoying what I've seen this week from Santos Escobar and Tony D'Angelo. And it's something else that came, I don't want to say out of left field for those viewing. I'll be honest too, I didn't know about the stipulation of the match until I saw the package. So we were caught off guard, Wade and I at the same time. But it's also refreshing because... You don't know what's going to happen next. And then it's got that built in next step and step after that to the layers of the onion for this rivalry. So I think that's really cool also. And look in your house, that's a huge six man tag team match. The NXT women's championship will be defended. It'll be Mandy Rose and Wendy Chu. Then the NXT championship will be defended by Braun Breaker against Joe Gacy Breaker. Another one of those superstars, much like Tony D'Angelo 30 matches. Under his belt, main event player has been on Raw, has taken on the Champas, has taken on the Dolph Ziggler's of the world. This is another one of those stories that we talk about that's kind of refreshing. How can he control his anger and his emotions? Because if he gets disqualified, he'll lose the title. Vic, I want to talk to you for just a minute about the NXT Women's Championship match this Saturday night in your house. Mandy Rose, who has been as dominant of a champion as we've seen in WWE in recent history. Uh, Spectacular reign. And Wendy Chu. Now, I'm obviously not as close to the NXT product as you are. I only see Wendy Chu uh, when she's on my screen. And I know a little bit of what she had accomplished prior to coming to WWE. Wildly talented competitor. Great athlete. Has all of the tools. But for me, I just can't fathom the idea of the sleepy girl in pajamas being the face of the NXT women's division. And this isn't meant as a, a negative or a shot at her or anybody. It just seems like... I don't know, man. It's just not my cu- it's not my cup of tea. But well, I just we, don't. We see always it say ice cream here, right? There's there's right. all these different flavors of of ice cream, and you talk about Mandy Rose, 200 days, by the way, and counting as NXT Women's Champion, no, no doubt dominant. But when you take a look at Wendy Chu, I hear what you're saying. I understand. Think about Santino Morella. Okay. With the Cobra, right? Right. Santino came out. 
first time you saw him, he won the Intercontinental Championship, the Miracle in, in Milan, right? That was his first, his debut. We didn't know what the character would eventually become. And then when it became what it was, remember when he was standing in the ring? I don't remember what the arena was, but I know the event. It was the Royal Rumble. And everyone thought Santino Morella won the Rumble and the whole place rose up. We talk about that sustaining, you know, cheering of, an, of, of the WWE Universe. They were all in on Santino Morella going to the main event of WrestleMania in that moment. It's not for everyone, but it's for some. As bad as it pains me to ever admit when someone else may be somewhat partially correct. Are you saying that I'm right? This is my show, and I can't take the L. I think that's the rule. I think that's why they gave me my own show, because I'm constantly taking L's everywhere else. <laughs> I guess I kind of see your point. I still don't see it. I'm not buying it. I don't think Wendy Chu's the one to knock off Mandy Rose. I think Mandy Rose just looks like such a megastar and carries herself as such. Maybe I should reserve my judgment to see a little more of Wendy Chu. Maybe she snaps out of the nap time need and kick someone's ass. If that's the case, I mean, we know, I know she can go in the ring. I've watched her compete. I just don't think I can't see it happening, but I guess to your point, stranger things have happened. And maybe it is I Corey Graves in the minority who does not see it happening. I mean, Santino Santino was red hot for a minute. He was. And, and maybe Saturday in your house, premium live event. Maybe your mind will change. Maybe it will. Maybe it won't. I'll be watching either way. Well, speaking of business, when In Your House Premium Live event is finished on Saturday, yourself, Raw, SmackDown are all going to enter into hell in Chicago. And what a night that's going to be. And thankfully, we'll have to we get to wait another like 50 weeks or so before everyone starts promising to send everyone else to hell. Uh, that's, that's, oh, yes. That's, that's become like a, it's a season in and of itself. You know, WrestleMania, uh, from, from Royal Rumble to WrestleMania, it's sign pointing season. Everybody just points at the WrestleMania sign and tells their story. Uh, in the lead up to Hell in a Cell, whatever oh, period man. of time it occurs during the year, there's at least two weeks, three weeks when everyone goes, I will see you in hell. And then after this, and we're, we're going to go ready to for the, hell. And we're going to dance with the devil in hell. Hell, hell, hell. <laughs> <laughs> you broke me. It'll it'll be <laughs> just go on. I'm I'm done. I'm done for a <laughs> well, listen. I'm, done for a I'm not making too much uh, light of the situation because what awaits us this Sunday, in my mind, could be the perfect climax to a trilogy of matches that, in my opinion, holds enough weight that people I think could be talking about this trilogy. Not only the the hopeful climax this Sunday inside Hell in a Cell, Rhodes and Rollins. Obviously, WrestleMania was an anomaly. We see the return of Cody Rhodes. Nobody expected to see that ever. It happens. It's surreal. They have an epic matchup. Run it back. WrestleMania backlash. Another banger of a matchup. This is going to be, hopefully, the end of the road for these two and their rivalry, at least currently. Because, hey, who doesn't like a lifelong, career-long rivalry where guys just always... Nothing better. Buttheads, right? Batman and Joker. You, you need a, a, a foe. To, to really do your best work. Um, but I think what Rollins and Rhodes have done and could be doing and could potentially do this Sunday is have a moment or a match or a memory that people talk about and go, you know what? I maybe, maybe I wasn't a WWE fan or maybe I was a lapsed fan and I hadn't watched in a while, or maybe I was kind of a fan and I wanted to check it out, but this really hooked me. I have a feeling that Monday there are going to be fans throughout the WWE universe 
whether they're hardcore and become even more hardcore or go from casual to more hardcore, I think there are going to be people on Monday going, man, that made me a fan again. Because I can attest to it firsthand after what went down this past Monday night. Well, I was going to ask you about that because I hadn't, sitting on my couch, heard a longevity of a crowd reaction as I heard during the, for lack of a better phrase here, the brawl yeah, throughout the arena. It was excellent. And not to get too into the weeds here, but when it comes to old school wrestling business, no one did it better than Cody's dad. Talk them into the arena. Dusty Rhodes wouldn't even have to be in the same city as his opponent, but he had that gift of gab and could make you believe that if you missed out, whatever the show was, if it was Wednesday night in Tampa, you, you were, you were going to be a, an outcast. You were going to be a pariah. You had to be there to see the resolution of Dusty Rhodes versus whomever. Now you've got Cody carrying on that legacy. And Rollins, as much as Rollins has accomplished and as red hot as he seems to have been for basically all of his WWE career, let's be honest, Rollins in this current iteration might be the best Rollins we've ever seen. And he has a perfect foil in Cody. To your point about the crowd reaction, the, the, the verbal jousting between the two was magic. And there wasn't a person in that building in Des Moines, Iowa, who thought there was going to be physicality, us included. So when it all starts going down and Cody leaves the ring and everyone in that arena stood up on their feet. And to your point, it was a sustained roar. It was up and down and they get pulled apart and then it get back together and the crowd would re erupt. It was so intense. And people inside the arena were like, what, what is happening? It truly felt like chaos and panic and two dudes who will stop at nothing to destroy one another, which for my money is as classic wrestling 101 as it gets. And I could not be any more excited for Rollins and Rhodes inside Hell in a Cell. Something I want to bring up to you, because, you know, you talked about Wendy Chu just moments ago and the way you see that. And we've talked about this nostalgia of in your house. This specific Hell in a Cell match brings back a lot of nostalgia to me because it's as if it was back in the late 90s when the Hell in a Cell match was the end-all, be-all. You and need I, the I haven't, I haven't felt that way about a, a specific Hell in a Cell match in quite some time. And it takes me back to Undertaker, Mankind, Shawn Michaels, Undertaker, Triple H, Cactus Jack, that it's like, oh, this thing is done because they're entering hell in a cell. It's not just, hey, hell in a cell is this Sunday. Let's look, look do this. Even it's like this is the third, the trilogy, the final chapter, and this is the only way it can be settled. I agree with you, but we don't even need to look back that far into history. Look back last year, Rollins and Edge inside hell in a cell. Many people thought that was the best match of the year. I believe it won a poll on WWE.com or something as the match of the year. So Rollins has already shown he can deliver when it counts most. Cody's done nothing but excellent things since returning to WWE. And we talk about it all the time. We watch so much wrestling and we call so many matches. I'm genuinely excited to sit down Sunday and, and put the lyrics to the music that those two make. Yeah. It's, it's, it's been very interesting to watch and it's, for me to sit back as a fan and take that hat off every Monday to watch this progress, it goes back to even before WrestleMania when Rollins was trying to get his WrestleMania moment. And our guest coming up, Bianca Belair, has had her own sort of stories from SummerSlam to WrestleMania and continuing now. And that's the beauty of what we do 
as storytellers. And this company is to be able to take two individuals or three individuals and make it go six, seven, eight months and give you those different layers. And this is one of those special moments I think you're going to have in Chicago. And again, jealous of you, you have the best seat in the house. No doubt about it. I'm, I'm also a big fan of the slow burn, which these oh. days you figure WrestleMania was only what a few months ago, but it feels like just as, as fast as the world moves and as much content as we create constantly, this feels like this has been this massive long-term build and, and it, it's going to pay off Sunday and I truly cannot wait. And I hope it's the last time Rollins and Rhodes touch for a year I hope they go their own separate ways and, right. and both yeah. branch off into completely different avenues within WWE. But I have no doubt, no doubt. Here's how certain I am. I would bet money. I would buy somebody a subscription to Peacock to say, listen, if you don't think WWE is the best wrestling company in the world, this Sunday night, Rollins and Rhodes are, I think, going to make everybody remember why WWE is the worldwide leader in sports entertainment, why we have the best in the world and we are the best in the world at what we do, period. Well, I think you just made me want to go run a mile right now. And I don't usually say that about you when you talk because well, I'm fired up now all of a sudden. Good. Now that it's you're actually all fired. a huge weekend, by the way. Huge weekend in your house, hell in a cell. This is the best weekend to me of the year. Wow, that was a bold statement. WrestleMania I put aside because WrestleMania is its own world. But this weekend for me right now to watch what's going to happen Sunday and everything we have on Saturday, it's a jam-packed weekend. It's a bold strategy, Cotton. Let's see how it works out. Uh, somebody who has definitely got some things to share, some thoughts in their mind regarding this coming Sunday at Hell in a Cell is the EST. She is the Raw Women's Champion who will be defending her title against both Big time Becky Lynch and the Empress of Tomorrow, Asuka, this Sunday. Please welcome to ATB, Bianca Belair. Bianca, last time you were on After the Bell was just prior to your first women's championship victory at WrestleMania. As we all know, you've done it twice in a row. So we've got a lot of catching up to do. Welcome, first and foremost. Thank you. Thank you. Time flies. It's crazy that it's been that long because it doesn't. It's like it, it, time just flies. It's crazy. We were talking, Vic and I, before before you joined the call about how it seems as though you've done these amazing accomplishments in the past several years. I mean, you you were the first woman to headline WrestleMania and you know and, and win the championship there last year, WrestleMania Night One. You run it back this year. Now you, you defeat Becky Lynch for the second year in a row. That in and of itself is a career. That is more than many people accomplish. And yet you've sort of just slowly and steadily kept rising up the mountain. Talk to me about your mentality. How, how have you stayed and kept your head straight through this journey that, that you've run through? It's crazy. Cause like you said, like, it's just, I've accomplished so much in a short amount of time and these huge, like monumental accomplishments. Um, and for me, my mentality is like, you know, I came into WWE and like people always ask you, what is your goal? And everybody always says, WrestleMania, I want to go to WrestleMania. I want to main event WrestleMania. And it becomes a thing that like you, you say it because you want to do it, but it kind of just becomes like muscle memory. Uh, so when you find yourself actually doing it and then then going to WrestleMania and winning again back to back, um, it's kind of a whirlwind. And for me, it's like, well, you asked for this and this is what you wanted. So you're here. Um, don't apologize for it because sometimes I feel like, you know, I came into this business 
out of kind of nowhere and and had no idea what I was doing, completely fell in love. And I always feel like um, maybe I'm still in someone else's dream because I never imagined myself doing this. So now that I'm doing, I'm just capitalizing on everything that's coming my way. And I'm just trying to stay humble and stay hungry no matter what. Has there ever been a point thus far where you were afraid that maybe it was too much too soon? We've seen that happen in the past in our business where someone oh. young and maybe isn't prepared for the weight of the, the position you're in. H- have you ever felt that at all? So I deal with imposter syndrome um, okay. so much. And I didn't, I just recently like learned the, the term for it. Like I had these feelings of like, everybody's saying I'm good and I'm accomplishing like all of these things, but I still feel like I'm learning and I'm always like, questioning myself like even before WrestleMania this year I thought oh you know I may even at WrestleMania last year I'm not gonna be nervous I was more nervous for WrestleMania against Becky Lynch than I was the, the year before because I'm always dealing with imposter syndrome um and I never knew the word for it until recently when I started like reading about my feelings and it's a word for it. And like, they say like top elite athletes, actors, like people in our profession all deal with imposter syndrome. So all the time I'm I'm trying to prove like, no, I know what I'm doing. I know what I'm doing. I'm always telling myself like, get rid of the imposter syndrome and you just got to be confident. How do you deal with that? I'm I'm very curious because I've heard of it. I've actually thought that I I probably suffer from it to some extent as well. I know exactly what you're feeling. Like, wait a minute. I, it doesn't feel real. I don't necessarily know that I belong. I know I'm here, but am I really the right person for the job? How have you dealt with that? Because you've continued to ascend. Yeah, I've read so many books. Um, <laughs> I've downloaded like so many books in my Kindle on imposter syndrome. Um, I think I just finished one called like the middle finger project or, or middle finger, something like that. I'm reading one, another one right now, but like literally at WrestleMania, before my match, I kept saying like, you imposter syndrome you imposter syndrome forget you imposter syndrome and I'm like you got this you got this like I'm constantly just finding affirmations to give myself and like you're here for a reason and everybody else believes it and once you once you start believing it that's when everything clicks so I'm constantly battling it and just trying to give myself affirmations all of the time Bianca, I've known you for a long time and I've never heard you speak about this, you know, in this sort of way. Is that where some of your creativity comes, whether it's your gear or how you do your hair or coming up with different things to do in a match? Does that help you with coping? Yeah. So I'm a person that I'm an overachiever. And I think being an overachiever comes from that because I always feel like I'm not doing enough. I'm, I'm trying to prove something. So I'm always constantly trying to figure out, like, go like 100 in every single area to overachieve to like in a way like overcompensating for some of the imposter syndrome and insecurities that that I have so um I'm constantly like my husband is always like you love just being tired I'm like no I just (laughs) love being productive and just proving and showing that like I'm showing up in every single area so it definitely comes out in me being an overachiever well, let me ask you this. Now that we know that you've had these feelings, this imposter syndrome, last year, WrestleMania, you're at the top of the mountain. SummerSlam, 26 seconds. I'm sure you remember it all too well. How do you deal with that from a professional standpoint, especially being as new overall to the business as you've been, to go from the highest of highs to the lowest of lows, but knowing hey, there's still work to be done. How do you deal with that? Because I know, I think a lot of people realize, oh, it happens on screen. Everyone thinks, oh, you take your gear off and you just forget about it and you go go about your life. This is a full-time job. This is a lifestyle. 
Yeah, it's like you you're completely emerged into it. You know, sometimes it's hard to like separate the two because we throw so much of ourselves into this. And, you know, I just really realized in that moment, like as quickly as it came for me, you know, my very first year on, on main roster, I was at main event in WrestleMania and now I'm the champion as quickly as it can come, it can go. And that's what literally happened to me. Um, and in that moment, like it was rough because I'm just like, I felt like, okay, I'm doing everything right. Right. Like I'm doing everything right. I'm champion. And, and then I lose. And I'm just like, how do you, how, where do you go from there when you feel like you've done everything right and everything still fails? So it was rough. Like, um, you know, my husband like helped check my perspective and, you know, I, I like hung around my family that night and to like cheer me up. But, you know, I just like, I always try to keep a perspective of, I'm like, okay, well, when I was champion, my thing was, I never wanted to just be about me. Like I wanted to be about my fans and I want people to feel So I'm like, I wanted to be about my impact. So like, yeah, I lost Summer Summit 26 seconds, but my impact that I had have on people is going to last way longer than 26 seconds. Um, and so I was just trying to turn this negative into a positive. And then for me, like, I'm all about moments. Like, I want to be a part of huge moments in WWE, like the most talked about moments in WWE. So at SummerSlam, granted, I lost in 26 seconds, but my name was in the conversation of the most of the biggest moment at SummerSlam. <laughs> That's an important perspective. That's a very, very difficult perspective to maintain, particularly yeah. as you achieve more and more success here and you think, well, I'm I'm on top. I got to at least be near the top. And wait a minute, yeah. I'm not near the top, but they're still talking about me. And I think that is, that's the, the most important aspect is keeping your name on everybody's uh, lips and tongues talking about what it is that you're doing. This episode is brought to you by Hotels.com. I was traveling internationally last year. I was in Mallorca. I didn't know the island well. I said, let me head to the north, head towards the water. Let me go on Hotels.com and see what they have available. Something preferably on the beach, maybe even a gym. Not only did I get those things, there was a kid's session with exercise, gymnastics in the water, pony rides, a train. It had everything, and I didn't even want any of those things. But at least I knew they were there just in case I changed my mind. And now finding the perfect hotel has never been easier thanks to the Hotels.com app. Whether you're looking for a family-friendly, right, all-inclusive or a relaxing spa weekend, you can find exactly what you need and compare hotel prices, ratings, and amenities side by side. So start planning your next getaway and find your perfect somewhere in the Hotels.com app. On May 10th, Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes is coming to IMAX and theaters everywhere. What a wonderful day! This summer, one movie event will reign. It is our time. I stole my village. I know where they're taking your clan. Bend for your king. Never. Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes. Only in theaters May 10. Tickets on sale now. Rated PG-13. Some material may be inappropriate for children under 13. As the women's champion, which you've now found yourself multiple times, traditionally, it's somebody who has been around for a while and has maybe a wealth of experience to draw on. But simultaneously, you're the face of the Raw women's division. Is that something you struggle to deal with or something that you handle a particular way, knowing like, hey, I may still be one of the newer girls on the roster, but hey, this is my division now. No, definitely. Like, I'm I'm like, I've, I've arrived. I'm here. I've gotten past the point of like, trying to apologize for where I'm at right now. Sure. 
because I'm supposed, I feel like I'm supposed to be here and this is what I'm supposed to be doing. So, you know, for me, it's just like, I feel like I'm at the forefront of a new generation of women's wrestling coming through. Like you have the four horsewomen who have, who have done these amazing things and like broken so many barriers and glass ceilings. And I'm like, okay, you guys don't have to go anywhere, but you got to like, just move over and make some room for me because I have arrived. <laughs> and so like, that's why my, one of my main goals is to eventually just pin all four horsewomen. So, and I've gotten three out of the four. Charlotte's the last one that I'm eventually going to have to go after, but um, I'm just, taking it as it comes. And I'm like, I'm, I've arrived. I've arrived and I'm not going to apologize for that. I have a feeling, personally speaking, that we're going to have to wait for a WrestleMania to watch Bianca and Charlotte Flair because here's my money. I'm just saying. <laughs> what's, what's something that you've learned uh, over the last year that maybe you never expected it, that you would have to encounter in your role as the face of the women's division on Raw? Um, I would say what I've learned is... SummerSlam, I think, was my biggest lesson. And it was, you know, I feel like I've already kind of touched on it. Like um, being in WWE, sometimes it's not about the achievements. And sometimes um, it's it's uh, not to say like everybody is talented in WWE. But here, sometimes the talent will sometimes play second place to timing. It's so much about timing mm-hmm. and what's happening in that particular moment. Like Becky Lynch came out of nowhere. And was I talented as a, a champion? Yes. But the timing, I lost in 26 seconds, but then it comes right back around the next year at WrestleMania. So it's all about timing. It's about being a part of moments and just having your name in the conversation. You know, following SummerSlam, you received a lot of online support. And you've already talked about the fans. What is the fan support mean to you and I'm not I don't mean as a WWE superstar I mean to you the person man the fan support is everything like the, the like the fans that are on there and they're, they're like riding for you I have these amazing fans and fan bases and fan pages that I love and for me like when I do the the meet and greets the thing that that in like affects me the most in a positive way is when people come up to me and they say like oh you inspire you inspire me to be the best like you inspired me and now I've gone to the gym and, and I've been losing weight. I've been on a, with my weight loss journey. One girl came up to me. It's like, you inspired me to go back to school and now I'm about to graduate. So like inspiring people, not just inside the ring, but outside the ring and in life. Like that's what this is all about to me. And having those fans there that aren't just there watching me uh, military press a girl or do 450s. They're not just they're not a fan because they're, they enjoy just watching me, but they're a fan because I make them feel something and I'm inspiring them. When you talk about perspective, that certainly puts what everyone does into perspective, how you can touch one person with just a smile. Yeah. Let me ask you this, Bianca, what inspires you today? What keeps you going? Because obviously... You, you roll one goal into the next, into the next, but you got to have something that you're, you're driving for. What, what keeps you going? Man, like I said, I'm just an overachiever. Um, I always tell my like, I'm just good at life. I'm just really good. I am the EST of life and I'm just anxious to show everybody that I'm not lying. This is a real life thing. Okay. This is just who I am, but no, I'm overachiever. And I always say like, I think that with the, the talents that you're born with and the talents that you work hard to maintain and keep, um, that's a blessing. And so I want to use every single talent that God has given me. Otherwise, I feel like that's just like a smack in his face. Like, God's like, I'm giving you this talent. You're like, nah, I'm good. No, thank you. It's like, 
no, I'm gonna capitalize on that talent. And I want to, I just want to use every single talent in my body and, and live my life to the fullest. Like when I first got into WWE, I hadn't, I never imagined being a WWE superstar. And I remember that moment when I, when I felt it and I'm like, this is what I've been looking for my whole life. And, and I was like that moment when I realized I was walking in my purpose and that's the most amazing feeling ever. And so every single day that I'm in WWE, I'm like, I'm walking in my purpose. And I just want to inspire other people to do the same thing because it's like, it's kind of, I, I compare it to like when you get married, right? You, you date your whole life and then you finally find your wife or your husband, who's your soulmate. You're like, where have you been my whole life? Right, right. Uh, <laughs> and so that's, that's what I feel with WWE. So what inspires me is to just use every single one of my talents. And I want to, create a legacy. So it's very obvious. You have no shortage of God given talents. What's (laughs) something that you struggled with after entering this world? Because you do have all the natural tools and abilities, but is there something that you went, God, I just can't figure this out. Or this is really hard for me to, to grasp more so than something else. I would say, I mean, I was the athlete my whole life. So the physical part came very easily. Um, well, not easily, but it was the easiest thing that came. Um, but for me, it was really just starting from zero. Like I didn't have any experience and I had nothing to really pull from and learning the culture of WWE. I had never experienced anything like it before. Uh, just learning the culture of everything, but also as an athlete, like when I ran track, I did crossfit or gymnastics, I trained and I drew like I did drills and I trained and everything became muscle memory. So when it was time to compete, you just let your body take over, you compete. And WWE, it's it's not just going out there and doing moves. There's so much that goes into right. it. But so for me, it was learning the art of it. And that's the part that made me fall in love, was learning the art of it and learning, like like I said, learning patience. Um, you know, when I ran track, I would train. And then when I went on the track and I ran, that was my result. That was the result of my hard work, right then and there, instant gratification. Right. WWE is not all, it's not always an instant gratification. So it's like learning you that. You have to stay ready. <laughs> yes. Literally stay ready because you never know where your opportunity is going to come. You, know, you talk about uh, relationships and you have a very special one with Montez Ford, obviously. But in NXT, we were kind of there together for, I guess, a lack of better word to yeah. say. And <laughs> you had a bond with two women, Raquel and Rhea. And that also kind of plays into learning as well, because you guys were able to come up together. How important were those relationships in building who you are today? Man, NXT, our our bond there was so amazing. And what I loved about that was like, that was my first like interaction and example of like women empowerment was in NXT because you know, we all wanted to be the best. We all wanted to be champion NXT and, and we all wanted to make it to the main roster. But we were competing, but at the same time, we wanted the best for each other. Like we were clapping for each other all along the way. And we kind of like came up together now. Like I said, we're 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 on the main roster and Raw and SmackDown. I feel like we're at the gen- at the forefront of a new generation of women's wrestling. So it's really cool to be able to do that with women that you actually consider your friends. Um, and so and to be able to learn together and experience things together, like now. I'm traveling on the road with Rhea and we're experiencing things together inside and outside the ring. So it's, it's really cool. And it makes it even more fun when you can do it with your friends. You already mentioned Charlotte Flair as the final remaining horsewoman you have not defeated, but looking across the landscape, there's a constantly a, a turnover of new faces, new superstars, new talents. Who has Bianca Belair's eye right now, whether it's raw SmackDown NXT, who are you keeping an eye on? Well, I'm, I'm keeping an eye on Rhea. 
because we've not really like met one-on-one yet. And I have this and she's on raw and I see she's like, she's, she's changing, she's switching. So I know I have to watch my back on her. She, I know that eventually we're going to meet in the future and I can't wait. Um, and then let's see on SmackDown, I would say, oh, Shotzi, because when I was in NXT, I think one of one of my one of my last matches was with Shotzi. It was her first match in NXT on TV. So um, it'll be cool to like kind of bring that full circle. Well, if you're talking about full circle, uh, this coming Sunday, we've got Hell in a Cell. It will be yourself defending your title against Asuka and Becky Lynch. I want to head back to this past WrestleMania because there's so many WrestleManias, Bianca, with moments for the EST. Right. <laughs> <laughs> I want to talk about. She just casually brings that up. Oh yeah, I did that. Oh yeah, I did that too. (laughs) Yeah, I guess I did that. Oh man, I forgot about that one too. This year's WrestleMania one on one with Becky Lynch, full circle. Now you have the opportunity to dethrone the woman who stole your glory at SummerSlam the year prior. What was that like? And did you feel validation in that moment in Dallas? Ooh, yes, I felt validation. Uh, That was along with eight, eight, nine. Month, Eight months at least, yeah. From SummerSlam all the way to WrestleMania. Um, and my whole like climb back to trying to get back to that and fighting to get to that and winning the elimination chamber and finally being like, yes, like we're going back at it. I'm finally getting gonna get my my redemption. And for but for a while, my energy was so targeted towards Becky of like, I need to get redemption. This is about Becky, this is about Becky. And right before WrestleMania, I was like, this isn't about Becky. This is about me. This redemption, this has nothing to do with Becky. Like Becky Lynch did what she did. Who who wouldn't? This isn't about Becky. This is about me. So I got to like switch my energy from throwing it at Becky and put it onto me. Um, So uh, it was definitely validation at WrestleMania. I was able to do it in front of my family because I remember at SummerSlam, my parents were there. And things a little bit extra. And and. I remember my phone ringing after the match. I was sitting in the locker room and I was, I answered, I was like, hello. And my mom was just like, Hey, (laughs) she didn't know what to say. And I was just like, hi. And she was just like, so we're going to go back to the hotel. She didn't really address it. And then when she saw me, she's like, are you okay? You're not, you know? And so I feel like my dad was very quiet um, and so like, it was cool to like now have them at WrestleMania, have them, have them in the front row. And I'm like, I'm doing this for y'all, all of y'all that was there for me at SummerSlam. Like we're going to run this thing back. So how much does cool. that help you? How much does it help having somebody? I've seen the, the WWE 24 seven or the 365 that they did on you with your journey to WWE and your athletic background and what a tight knit family you have. How yeah. much does it help having your relationship with your parents and it's still being absolutely real to them? that's what it sounds like. To the, oh, yeah. They, and it's got to drive you in some capacity. It definitely drives me. And especially for like my daddy, like he, my dad used to be my coach when I was a kid and he's instilled so many things into me. Like even when I'm nervous before my match, he's just like, it's okay to be nervous. Just don't be scared. And then he's always like, you ain't got to take nothing off of nobody. You don't never give up. So whenever like I have a downfall, I think about my daddy and I'm like, I want to make him proud, you know? <laughs> so that's the first thing I want to do is like at WrestleMania when I won in the title, held the title over my head. First thing I do is like, look at my daddy and my mom and make sure they're smiling. So that's like my motivation. If you're able to compare and contrast doing it back to back years, what was, what was the difference this year 
when you had done it, it wasn't, it was no longer your first WrestleMania moment. Obviously the, the image will live on forever yourself and Sasha with the emotions on your face the first night. Hey, Oh my God, this is real. Now you've been a little more seasoned, right? Now you've been at this a year at the, the very tip top level. What was different this year? And were you more happy or less happy than the year prior? Which is just, by the way, I'm, I'm asking you to compare WrestleMania championship win moments. Mm-hmm. So, <laughs> back to back, back to back, Miss WrestleMania over here, I guess. I don't know. <laughs> you Oh, you know. <laughs> don't play the humble card now. <laughs> I mean, we haven't even mentioned Royal Rumble winner. Yeah. We haven't even thrown, you know, all these other little things on there yet either. Uh, but <laughs> <laughs> it's crazy. Um, no, yeah. So WrestleMania with 37 with Sasha Banks. I was walking in as the rookie, uh, just excited, just like anxious, just there to try to like prove myself. Um, and then WrestleMania 38 with Becky, I wasn't a rookie anymore. Um, I was walking in as a, a a WrestleMania main event winner and I was getting in the ring with a WrestleMania main event winner. So it within itself that we were creating history all over again. And so um, I'm like, that's why I said, like, I, I thought that I wasn't going to be as nervous for the WrestleMania with Becky. Cause I'm like, I did the, I did last year. I main even it last year. So I've done this before. I was way more nervous with Becky because I feel like, you know, it all kind of came in together. I won the title at WrestleMania uh, against Sasha. And that was the same title that Becky came and took from me at SummerSlam. And now we're back at WrestleMania again. I'm trying to get it back. So um, I was just excited, but it was just a different feeling for each one. This time I was there trying to get redemption, trying to prove that I know that the 26 seconds was not supposed to happen, like trying to rewrite history, trying to rewrite my story. So I felt like this was this is going to be like a hit or miss for me. Like I had I had no other option but to succeed at WrestleMania against Becky Lynch. Well, you've been hitting home runs and, you know, we've had a laugh about it, but you really have had a stellar career. I can't overlook this achievement, though. I don't know if if Corey has had conversations with his wife. I've gotten a side. eye. Rarely do I ever speak to her. We, We almost never talk. No, that doesn't We're usually me. in different rooms. No, I'm kidding. How in the hell did you talk your husband into getting you a boat? Oh. I knew this was going to come up. This is the achievement <laughs> that I have been waiting for. Moments and business and accomplishments Look. and a spectacular in-ring career from the EST. And you're worried about know. God. How did you get a boat? You're, you're interested too, Corey. You want to know how it happened. (laughs) Because look, the way we were told, your husband walked in and threw a stack of cash down. That according to Angelo Dawkins. You can argue with him about that if you'd like. I'm just telling you our side of the story here. So I want to get your side. How did you get a boat? Man, that's the story I heard too. That's what Dawkins told He walked in and was like, (laughs) and just said, boom, dropped it right there and walked out with the boat. Uh (laughs) Literally, because your husband is getting like yoked right now. He probably just put it up and walked out with the boat over his head. So I was so surprised. I've always, so I've had so many great memories. My parents bought a boat. They saved and bought a boat when I got, it was in high school. And um, one of the first things I did when I met my husband, I took him back to meet my my family and we went out on the boat. So I've always like been like, I, I would love to have a pontoon boat one day. And if I had a pontoon boat, blah, 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 blah. But never thought that, I don't know that I would buy one. My husband would buy me a boat. And so, you know, to to have him blindfold me and I, I see a, a freaking boat, I'm like, you bought me a boat, a boat like this is it's it's uh, it's crazy. I don't know. I guess I'm the 
the EST wife. I'm the best wife. So I got me a boat. Like I said, some girls want Birkin, some want boats. So I got me a boat. <laughs> all, all I've heard in this the last 20 minutes is winning at life. That should just be the title of your book when you decide to write one. Let's be perfectly honest. The thought did cross your mind of how you were going to ride the boat to your next WrestleMania championship <laughs> match. That's right. It's going to be my entrance next year. I got to <laughs> I got to think of another. Iconic- hey, we're going to be in Hollywood. So, I mean, there's plenty of ocean out there. There's a lot of water. Do you name the boat, by the way? Everyone has to name a boat. So we've been coming up with different names, um, but we keep giving our, our boat like actual human names. And everybody's like, no, you can't. But we want our boat to have like a human name. Like, want to take a ride on Steve? Like Carter. Uh, that sounded like- dirty coming from you for some reason. <laughs> yeah, Steve. <laughs> oh, my God. This this coming Sunday, obviously, Hell in a Cell, uh, yourself, Asuka is another superstar who's been gone for the majority of the last year. You guys have mixed it up a few times. How exciting has it been for you to finally get to collide with a new opponent who has done and accomplished as much as Asuka has? Yes, I love Asuka. Like, anytime I can get in the ring with Asuka, I'm excited. But I will say this. Asuka is fast. Like, Asuka be moving in the ring. (laughs) I'm like, ooh, okay. You don't realize how quick those fists and feet are coming until they're aimed at you. Yes, like even at Raw, like I I ducked one kick and next thing I know I had a back fist to the face. I'm like, whoa, hold up, time out. Just give me a minute. Hold up. (laughs) But she's, um, no, she she keeps you on your toes. Like Asuka, I feel like every time I get in the ring with Asuka, she makes me better. And I had one opportunity to get in the ring with Asuka when I was in NXT. And I had just gotten to NXT. And I was so excited about it. And we never got to meet again until recently on Raw. Uh, And so to get in the ring with Asuka, it's fresh. It's new. She keeps you on your toes. I feel like I get to like really challenge myself as an athlete to keep up with her. Um, and so, but now to be going into hell in, in a cell and, and it's going, I'm and Oscar's in there. I'm like, Ooh, this is, this is the title reign that I want. I want to get in the ring with the best. And I mean, Oscar's one of the best. No doubt about it. And I apologize. I'm a little distracted. I'm we're talking through this zoom call and I've been staring at you through this interview and something looks different and it just clicked. It just clicked, and I'm hopefully our team can put a social clip out here so that the world can see what I'm doing. There are two braids today. It is not the one iconic EST braid. There are, in fact, two braids atop the skull of the Raw Women's Champion. <laughs> is this the first time this has ever happened, Bianca? This is the debut. I, I had to do something new for you guys, so I came through with the two braids. This is the debut of the ah, two braids. I love it. I absolutely, I, I feel honored. I, I feel I feel this was a perfect platform. It, it, look at how happy she's Bianca still dancing is with right now. Both braids, the Raw Women's Championship in the background, that handsomely painted wall that was actually being constructed last time we That's did the right. show. <laughs> <laughs> oh, but, it was. But, yeah, yeah, because Montez had the the pet shark. Yes, yeah. it, it was still a work in progress. <laughs> it's it's all completed now. So I, I feel like watching my kids grow up. Yes, the oh, debut geez, of the man. wall, the debut of the two braids. So. Oh, man. Before I let you go, now that things have lightened up a little bit, what's something that the WWE Universe does not know about Bianca Belair? You've been very open and honest with your fans. You've got a great relationship with them, and you, you go out of your way for them. But what's something that maybe that you're comfortable letting the world know that maybe we, we just haven't found out yet about Bianca Belair? Let's see. Ooh, um, something about me. Nothing's going to be shocking, by the way. If you're like, oh, by the way, I can drive a car blindfolded. It's fine. Um, I'm a, I'm a master hula hooper. Like I can probably really? for like an hour straight. I can just premium live event. Book there it is. Hour. The I EST hula, hoop. hula hooping for an hour. Hula hoop, hula hoop, hula hoop. <laughs> yeah. 
And also, um, I'm, I'm at the moment attempting to write a children's book. Of course you are. Oh, of course you are. Winning at life. Can, can you There's tell us a little title. bit about it? Can you, t- 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 can, if, if you're comfortable speaking on it, obviously, you know, you, you have you have children in your life with, <laughs> with your husband. It's something that Vic and I can both relate to. Talk to me a little bit about that if you're comfortable. What, what, what does that relationship mean to you for your life and your career? No, it's so cool. You know, it's like these little human beings that I never would have gotten to meet had I not um, met my husband. And now they're such a huge part of my life. And I feel like I'm a huge part of their lives. And it's really cool because I get to like watch them grow up and interact with them. And, and like my, my stepdaughter, she's so into WWE now. And she's texts me like, when can I start training? What do I have to be? I want to be the best. I want to do the best. And then when she comes, like she actually wants to train with me and it's Really, really, really cool. Um, and then, you know, we have Trey who he's he's growing up now. So he has his little moments where he's a sweetheart and then his moments where he just wants to be a boy and be by himself. But it's just cool. You know, like I said, like they're like little blessings that I feel like I would have never gotten to meet had it not been for my husband. So I gained a husband and a whole little family. Are those blessings, you know, you talk about, is that what inspired you for the children's book? Yeah. So but especially for me, like I read so much as a kid. And I loved reading. And I feel like that's what really sparked and started my cre- like my creativity and, and like in my brain and in my mind. But I loved reading. I, I have memories of going to the library and like having my first my first like little library card. And and I was but I was like reading like books that I like I think I was reading The Color Purple and Beloved from Toni Morrison when I was like in the third grade. So I, I was going to say, of course oh, you're reading yeah, them, but in second grade. Yeah. <laughs> my mom's like, what are you reading? I'm like, I got it from the library. But no, I, I, I love, I loved, loved reading as a kid. And, um, and so and I feel like a lot of my fan base are kids. And, um, and so I just want to just give back and, and give them the, an experience that I cherish as a kid. Well, you've said multiple times your goal is to inspire, and it sounds like you're already well on your way. Final question before I let you go. I know you got a lot to prepare for. Busy, busy life being the EST, being the Raw Women's Champion. What can the WWE Universe expect this coming Sunday? Triple threat match, Bianca Belair, Becky Lynch, Asuka. What's the world got to look forward to? Well, I think these uh, past weeks, everybody's gotten a preview. You've gotten a preview of me and Oscar in the ring together, Becky and Oscar in the ring together. Becky always coming in and finding some type of way to insert herself. Uh, so it's going to be a lot of a lot of uh, action packed with me and Oscar, but there's going to be a lot of unpredictability with Becky Lynch because she's very unpredictable nowadays. I don't know what she's going through, but it's, it's going to be a great match. Um, I am going to, like I said, at Raw 100 percent. Keep this is 100% not going anywhere. And if I have to, I will 100% drop Becky and Oscar to keep this at Hell in a Cell. I cannot wait to see it. And, and your answer, I know I promised that was the last question and you gave an amazing mic drop line, but I just am very, very curious. We're talking about the, your, all your moments. WrestleMania is now multiple. Royal Rumble, you've been in the Elimination Chamber. Are you at a point in your career now where you go, how do we raise the bar? You've got big time Becky Lynch. You've got Asuka, both former Raw Women's Champions. you got this triple threat match, Hell in a Cell, Chicago, hot crowd each and every time. Are you walking into matches now, particularly at pay-per-views going, how do we raise the bar? How do we redefine this? Oh, every single time. I'm always trying to raise the bar. Like I said, I'm an overachiever. And every single show that I'm at, 
Like I said, I'm all about moments. I want them to be talking, tweeting about Bianca Belair. Bianca Belair is Raw Women's Champion, trending every single time. So I'm always trying to raise the bar, trying to bring something new, innovative to the match. Leave somebody, leave something with people um, talking about. So every single time I'm trying to raise the bar. It's getting harder and harder, but we we, we gonna keep riding this ride. The lead up to this matchup, we were trying to get the world talking about it. Will we see two braids this Sunday at Hell in a Cell? Oh, man, see now you're starting something. I don't. I don't even need an answer. I'm just putting it out into the universe. Oh, yeah, we know how that works, so. <laughs> well, first, we got to get this one a name because the one braid, her name is Destiny. So now we got we to gotta give the other mm, one a name. Legacy. Yeah, we have to name her first. I don't know. Destiny, Legacy. I'm thinking big. Steve. I'll get back to you. I'll let you know on Sunday so I can say it on commentary. We need to do like a Twitter poll of, of, of names. Hey, we'll get the social team on it. Let's right. get the After the Bell team on it. We need a name for the second braid should she arrive on Sunday. We got your back, Bianca. Hey, good luck this weekend. It's been a pleasure watching you rise, and we're having fun taking the ride with you. Thank you. Let's keep riding. Vic, sounds to me like the EST is ready to live up to the hype yet again. I mean, I know it goes against sometimes what I may say on commentary during Monday Night Raw, but Bianca Belair, I'm a huge fan of. Let's see. uh, What will we cover today? Royal Rumble winner, uh, WrestleMania main eventer, multiple-time world champion, author, Boat captain, is there anything she can't do? Uh, I'm going to go out on a limb here and say no. And it's just a matter of time and opportunity to see what the EST ultimately evolves into here in WWE. I'm enjoying the journey. And Vic, Mm -hmm. we've got a lot to look forward to this coming weekend. Tomorrow, if you're listening, the day it drops, Saturday, streaming live, 8 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, NXT 2.0 in your house. Do not miss that. Your appetizer for all things Hell in a Cell this Sunday. Premium live event, WWE on Peacock. Rhodes, Rollins, inside Hell in a Cell. You've got Lashley versus Omos and MVP. Of course, the aforementioned Raw Women's title match. It's going to be the proverbial hell of a weekend, Vic. I'm looking forward to it. It's it's jam-packed. I said it earlier. Take WrestleMania aside. This year, this has been the most excited I've been uh, this year for this weekend of two premium live events. Make sure you guys listening to ATB join the conversation. Follow us at After the Bell WWE on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. Make sure you like, subscribe, leave your comments. We want to know what you're thinking. Do you agree with me? Because you should. Do you dislike everything Vic says? Probably also the right decision, That's but you can nice. decide for yourself. You can follow me at WWE Graves. You can find him at Vic Joseph WWE. Listen, for free on Spotify. Just search after the bell. Hit the follow button so that you never miss an episode. Man, Vic, I don't know about you, but I feel like we've been on a bit of a roll. I feel like we kind of hit our stride in the past few months here on ATB. Would you agree? I will agree, as you just told me that I need to agree with everything you say. Good. You're learning. We'll be back next week with more wisdom, more vitriol, and more WWE after the bell. I'm going to go play some bingo. Bingo.